0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So I'm just going to jump right into it if it's okay. We're trying to keep this as condensed as possible. This is kind of like a part two of Pastor Becky's message, uh, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And I love how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So the first thing that we can note here is notice that Jesus healed the oppressed. He healed the oppressed. So in other words, when I come up for freedom or when I come to get a a, a demon cast out of me, what am I receiving? I'm receiving healing to my soul. I mean, and how many of us want healing to take place in our soul? Amen? Amen? Now, now notice it also says that they were, they were oppressed. What does oppressed mean? It, it means to be held down. Can I give you a TMI story? Do you guys like TMI stories? So, Becky will be like, Shelly, why did you say that? <laughs> so, when I was a kid, I, my, I have an older brother. How many of you guys have older brothers? And uh, with older brothers also come older brother's friends, which are usually worse than the older brother. How many of you guys can attest to that? So I had my older brother's friend who thought it was just his greatest joy in life to hold me down where I couldn't get up. And obviously, he's four years older than me. He's holding me down, and he would point in my face, and he would pass gas. (laughs) How many of you guys have had that happen? Yeah, yeah, you got got a few show of hands here that's happened and I would just hate it I hated it guys I hated it and you know and that's kind of in a sense you know like it's a funny picture of like how the enemy is in our lives like he tries to hold down and pass gas of something you don't want in your face right so essentially, that is what it is. It's, it's exerting an, an energy over you that you don't actually want. And so the enemy's goal is to get you to give in to his pressure so that he can release torment and he can release shame. So I had a, a, a family member a few years back well, Now it's been maybe more than a few. And she was in, in a place in her life of just extreme duress and, and emotionally, uh, financially, they didn't know, you know, where's the next meal going to come from? Uh, they didn't know when's the next, uh, you know, can, the rent, how's that going to get paid? And how do you know when you're living in a place like that? It's, it's hard. It's tough to live in a place like that. So when she's in this place, and by the way, she's a Christian. By the way, she's the one who led me to Jesus when I was eight years old. And so here she was in this extreme emotional pressure and the enemy speaking so many lies to her that one day she opened up the window and she said, let the demons come in. And would you believe the result of that is immediately she went schizo. And the result of that was just destruction, despair, even to the point where she attempted in that deranged state of mind, which is a.k.a. it's called a demon, friends. While she was in that place, she attempted to drown one of her grandkids. Thank God nothing happened. He's safe. He's alive. He's well. All the things. I'm also happy to say that she also is totally healed, totally delivered, totally set free. Amen. So that kind of explains how demons come in or how they will take moments of weakness or distress in our lives. And they'll keep throwing things at us but we can, the, the hope is that, or the promise is that we can be set free. Amen. So, so what's the purpose of deliverance? Well, deliverance is truly about putting the devil in his rightful place. That's simply what it is. It's enforcing the work of the cross in your life. Jesus has saved you, but he wants to set you free from every area in which the enemy has held you down and robbed you. It says in 1 John 3 and 8, The reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and to destroy the works of the devil. So the mission statement of Jesus is to undo the works of the devil in your life, to destroy the works of the devil in your life. That's the promise. That's the the, the hope that we have. Number two, we see that deliverance is a kingdom manifestation, right? We talk about taking territory for the kingdom of God. How do we take territory? By casting out the devil. And as we do so, we find that there's an expansion of the kingdom. Did you know that you can help build the kingdom just by getting free that you're actually advancing the kingdom of God by you getting free because it is for freedom that Christ has set us free that's that's his mandate so if you want you're like I don't know how to build the kingdom just get free I don't know what my purpose is. Just get free. Because the more free that you are, the more you're able to live for him, the more territory that you are taking from the devil. So let it be an encouragement. Man, whenever I get free, I'm just kicking the, right? We talk about we, let, who wants to kick the devil in the face, right? How are you going to do that? It starts right here by me choosing to get free and letting go of some of the oppression that's in my life. Amen? And one of the other things I love is don't allow deliverance to scare you, but allow it to motivate you to, to get free and to set other people free. Just on Sunday morning, I had this beautiful little girl, and she, she was dealing with some fear. So you know what I did? I, I brought her up. I scooped her up in my arms. I said, honey, Jesus doesn't want to give you a spirit of fear. He wants to give you a spirit of faith. Can we command that spirit of fear that goes? She's like, yeah, let's do it. So I led her in a prayer. She felt something agitating, a.k.a. the spirit of fear. And guess what? It left. As simple as that, this little girl transformed. Her mother says, Shelly, she's completely set free. She's a completely different person. Amen? So I say all of that to don't let it scare you. I mean, you know, you see, it was as gentle as that. I had her in my arms. We just commanded the spirit to go. It left. She's free. Mom's happy. Family's happy. The girl's happy. That's what it is all about. Amen. It's about restoring joy to our lives. We find everywhere where deliverance breaks out, the result is always joy. So if your joy level is low, there might be some oppression there that God may want to say hey I want to increase your joy and you do that by getting the devil off of your back (laughs) amen right and sometimes it just happens and so let me go into just real briefly uh, you are likely to need freedom or healing if can can we go over that Two, two quick points Right, and some of this is going to be a refresher for you guys, and some may be the first time you're hearing this. Number one, if you feel held back or held down in a particular area of your life, there might be certain areas of your life that you're flourishing and you're doing well and everything seems amazing, but there's just one area that you feel like you're being held down or held back in. Or maybe you see clear cycles of failure or defeat, uh, or you're feeling tormented in one of the areas of your life. Again, it's not every area because the enemy can't take all, all of you. He can only oppress the certain parts, if you will, that you've yielded to him in his pressure. Does that make sense? Like, for example, my brother's friend, it wasn't all over me. It was just my face, <laughs> <laughs> right? So just as a practical illustration, right? Right, y'all, that's all you're going to remember at the end of this message. I know it. Right? And, and the enemy is trying to release torment. So what's the torment that's going on in your life? And being we've, in order to get free, we've got to be real. We've got to be honest with ourselves. Like, what in the world is going on in my heart? And sometimes I think the ones that we deceive the most is ourselves. No, I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm totally fine. But if we really would just embrace, this is what I'm feeling. Am I feeling, for example, uncontrollable habits that are going on, and they're I can't get a hold of them, addictions, uh, fears, anxieties, all of these things. Perhaps it's depression, and you're you're trying to face it until you make it, but yet you're still struggling. And maybe it's deepening, and maybe some of you in this room that you're dealing with suicidal thought, thoughts and struggles. Friends, I'm telling you, God is here. Jesus is here to set you free, that you no longer have to be held <laughs> down by these lies of the enemy. Amen? <clears throat> Perhaps it's uh, maybe... Uh, Par- paranormal activities and different things, right? We all have been acquainted or been seen different things in life and, and experiences. And so those are legit, but it doesn't mean that it's correct, that, we, that we, don't, we don't have to tolerate it, right? What we tolerate will dominate over our lives. We don't want those things to dominate us. Yeah. Number two, you see the same cycle or fruit repeating in you that you experienced or know to be in your family line. So if you see the fruit, you know how you say, like you ever find yourself like saying something, and you're like, dang it, I sound just like my mom. Or like, oh, I sound just like my dad, or right. So so those are certain things that they, they fall in the in the generational line. Now there's blessings, generational blessing, yes and amen. We take all of that. But if there's things in our areas in our life that we see that they're also producing negative fruit or negative cycles of defeat, then we know that it's the enemy and in, in, in his work through generational issues. And those are the things that we want to care of. Uh, I believe it was Derek Prince said 80%, his observation, by the way, he's like your deliverance guy. He was like the father of deliverance ministry, essentially, especially in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and he passed away in the early 2000s. But he said it like this, after many years of, of conducting many deliverance teachings and whatnot, he said, 80, my observation is 80% of demonic issues come in before the age of five. So that means many of us are carrying around things from the age of five years old or even before, sometimes it's prenatal because that's the, that's the generational stuff, that we've got to take a stand. The enemy does not respond to waiting him out. He responds to you casting him out. It's true. It's true. So we've got to be a people committed to casting the enemy out. So it could be, for example, witchcraft. It could be control that comes in, in, in the family line. You know, there's a lot of us who have different family backgrounds and different, you know, family avenues of how our, you know, families behaved or what they believed. And, you know, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, a detriment to you so long as you do something about it. Right. Does that make sense? Uh, all, all forms of abuse, control, manipulation. So if I live in abusive, controlling environment, it's going to produce in me mindsets of rejection, mindsets of performance, mindsets of rebellion. And so it, it, I begin to see that that's the fruit of the root in my family background. Does that make sense? Right. So what I'm looking for is the fruit of my life so that I can trace back and see what is the root. Is there something within the family line? Uh, could be fear. Uh, oftentimes we can be gripped in fear. It could be something even the, in the prenatal. I've seen many times where maybe there was something uh, tra- traumatic that happened in a mother uh, when she was pregnant, and therefore her child uh, grew up with fear. And so fear for me came in in a couple of different ways, but certainly it did come in through the family line. And I was one of those kids, I don't know about you, uh, when, when I went to bed, uh, there was a few reasons for it, but I would actually race to my bed, run as fast as I can because I, it felt like there was a monster that was under my bed that was going to grab my feet? Yeah. How many of you guys, like, ran, you know, right, and did those things, right? So, so some of those are, are, are fears, uh, you know, that maybe we, I, I never told anyone. I didn't say, hey, I'm going to go run to my bed because I'm f- afraid that there's a monster underneath it. Uh, by the way, if he's underneath it, what would stop him from coming on top of it? <laughs> but somehow, if you're on your bed, it's safe, right? You remember, like, feeling that way. But, like, if I if I leave it out there, like, too long... Like, it's, it's all over. Like, he can just totally <laughs> grab your ankle, right? <laughs> right? But that, that, that's an, it's, an un, uh, it, it's a fear, and it's a spirit of fear. And here's the thing that I found with fear. Fear is something that there's there's a fear of on the inside. And, and if, if my fear calls out, or in other words, if I say, like, I'm afraid of this, or I feel that, it's like the fear that I feel on the inside will call the fear on the outside. So it's breaking the agreement with fear so that fear has no place in me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, abandonment, right? We we all. I, I grew up with my dad who abandoned us, and so with his abandonment came uh, issues of just feeling like there was no one, no one there to look after me, and I had to look out for myself, and I had to be strong, and I and I needed to, you know, be be the the, the good girl, and I needed to be the strong girl, right? So there's all of these mindsets that that I came with because of my dad's abandonment, right? So these are all the things in the generational line. I think sometimes we stop at the generational line with, oh, yeah, I don't see a, a cult in my family. Check, done, already done that. But it's like, no, we got to look a little bit deeper. Like, what was the generational sin? What was the, some of the things that we see within the family line, if you will? It could be infirmities. What if you have infirmities in your your family? You see, right? That sometimes, like the doctors are the ones that understand the generational line sometimes better than we do. And then it's like whenever we get those doctor reports, cancel, 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 cancel. Come on, come on. We don't we don't have to accept those reports right? But we cancel those reports. And so, so here's the thing. I, I say all of these things like, number one, looking at where's the areas that, that have been opened in our lives uh, or where we're experiencing cycles of defeat or where we're seeing like there's things that are just kind of like plaguing us or holding us back, holding us down. Number two, our family line. Why? Because we've got to take responsibility to shift it. If not, then we end up living self-sabotaging lives, We do, we end up, I mean, sometimes we don't even need the devil because we're just like, you know, like sabotaging things sometimes, right? If we're really honest. So just kind of in recap, so how how do demons come into our lives? Well, number one, how did they gain access? Maybe that's a better way to put it. How do they gain access into our lives? Well, number one, generational sins and curses. Just, uh, just spoke about that. Our own sinful actions, things that we choose to engage in, things that we choose to participate in, and and it could be even as simple as uh, hatred, right? You're like, oh well, Shelly, no, I, I go to awaken. I don't I don't hate anyone. And it's like, really? Uh, do you know? what hate actually means? Hate means to withhold love. Hmm. So that means like, for example, if I am upset with you, uh, my response may be to give you the silent treatment. And that is my way of withholding love from you. Therefore, I am participating in hatred. So sometimes we don't really realize the uh, you know, like some of the, the things that are actually contrary to the word of God, but hey, there's no condemnation. This is the, this is the day that we can look at it and see it. God brings His illumination on it, and we can be set free from it. Amen. Yeah. Uh, and then number three, brokenness through unresolved pain. Yeah. Right? There's so many of us. The truth is, has there been? Is there anyone in this room tonight that you've never uh, been hurt? <laughs> Yeah, pretty sure it's it's all of us, right? So if so, with hurt comes a choice. Either we deal with it or we hide it. And I would have to say most of us, because we don't know what to do with it, and we're not taught what to do with it, that we usually end up ignoring it and, and hiding it, hoping that it's going to go away. But the truth is that things do not go away with time they go away with deliverance and healing. And that is why we have today, that is why we have the ministry of Jesus. Now the ministry of Jesus is about removing demonic entanglements and restoring our hearts whole so that we would encounter the presence of God to experience his love and be transformed in every area of our lives. I love the mission statement of Jesus in Luke 4:18. It says, the Spirit of the Lord, He's upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed. So that word brokenhearted, I love that Jesus' first mandate, he says, you know what, friends? Not only am I preaching good news, but I want to preach to the brokenhearted. What does the word brokenhearted mean? What means to be broken into pieces, to be shattered into pieces, or to be crushed into pieces? Or let me say it this way. It's to suffer an extreme sorrow to the point of being crushed. Maybe we can relate to that. There's are certain areas of our lives that was like, man, I just felt so crushed after that circumstance or after that painful thing that I went through, right? So that's, that's if you will, that's being brokenhearted. Another way it says is, is a long track mated by repeated walking on that creates a mindset of defeat. So in other words, I've been so crushed in this area. Now this is what I believe about myself because I'm so broken in this particular area. Not every area, but I'm just saying that that one traumatic experience, that one event. And, And here's the truth. If we don't give Jesus access to our heart, friends, we end up turning away from God and relying on our own conclusions and our own judgments. Why? So that we can control the pain. None of us put our hand in a fire because we enjoy the pain. As soon as we come close to the stove, what do we do? We pull away because we don't want the pain, right? It's true, right? Unless we have some demonic issues in which we're here to get free from tonight, <laughs> right? It's true. But the truth is, is that we, if, we, if we control the pain, then who has access to that area of your heart? Not Jesus. So we end up taking that, if you will, the broken places of our heart, turn us away from God, and they become idols that we end up serving, because now everything I see is through the lens of unforgiveness, or now everything I see is through the the, the the lens of resentment. Usually, for example, if you find someone, and maybe this is you, and I'm not trying to pick on you, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to help you get free. Like, maybe you find yourself being critical. You find yourself being, you know, judgmental and, you know, all of the things. You you, you see some of these behaviors coming out. More than likely, it's tied to an unforgiveness. It's tied to resentment. Yeah. But now everything you see in life is through that lens. So it becomes an idol that you end up serving. And God doesn't want you to serve those things. And where there's brokenheartedness, there is devils. And so, you know, we don't want these things to hold us down. The problem is, is that when we have these broken areas of our hearts and they're not submitted to Jesus, they become idols that we end up becoming enslaved to. Well, guess what? Demons come right alongside that. And just as Ephesians 2.2 2 says, says that the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, so now the spirits of, of, of unforgiveness and of bitterness are now energizing those thoughts in your mind that now you're locked in serving this thing that you didn't want to have anything to do with because in your mind you wanted to get away from the pain, but it, it, as much as you're trying to run from it, it's attached. To you, and you can't get free. But I'm telling you tonight, Jesus was here to remove that which enslaves you. And I also want to say, you know what? Let's let's make sure that we keep demons in the proper perspective. The enemy, the, the Satan, is known as Beelzebub, which is also known as Lord of the Flies, which tells me that the, that demons are like flies. Where do flies belong? Under my feet. So I have victory. Yeah. Right Over every demon. And, and, and it keeps a proper perspective that they are small. They are easy to deal with. It's not like, oh, no, what's going to happen? No, no, no. They have to go. Yeah. Right? And just standing in that authority. And we know that, that flies, they gather on two places. Crap and wounds. So if we deal with our sinful actions and if we deal with the hurt in our heart, guess what? The flies automatically have to go. Amen. Amen. All right, so very very quickly, how, how how to be set free. How to be set free. That's the most important thing. And number one is we must recognize Take responsibility for the issues, and maybe as we're speaking, even from Sunday, even the homework maybe that you did, or even tonight, maybe there's certain areas that God would be highlighting to you. Write those things down and believe that tonight and in these days to come, that freedom is coming to you. Freedom is now. Freedom is here. You are going to get set free right here and now. But what I love is that Jesus, he asked these blind men. The blind men come to him. Obviously, they knew that Jesus was a healer. And Jesus looks at him and he says, what do you want? It's like, well, isn't it obvious? Like, they're blind. You know, they're walking up to him like this. like, Like, of course, they want to be healed. But Jesus says, what do you want? Why? Because Jesus wants us to be specific in what we're asking for. So many times people say, I want freedom. Awesome. What do you want to be free from? I just want freedom. And you're just like, uh, freedom from what? I don't know. It's like, well, you might need to get a little bit more specific if you want to get free, yeah. right? So so be specific. Own what the issue is. Like whatever's been highlighted to you. Like take that, take hold of that and say, This is what I want. Not a blanket, I want freedom, but a specific, this is the area of freedom. Number one. Number two, we repent. So we we take we turn from our sinful action where I took that broken place of my heart, if you will, and I turned away from God. And I ended up serving that thing. I said, no, God, I'm repenting from that. I'm turning from that. I'm turning from the unforgiveness. I'm turning from the resentment. I'm turning from my sinful actions. I'm turning from that, and I'm turning back to you. Amen? So that's very simple how we do it. Number three, uh, release forgiveness. That's the key to freedom. Freedom is, comes when we forgive others. Number number four is to break agreements with demonic spirits and lies that we've believed. So just basically saying, I, I break the agreement with the spirit of control. I break the agreement with the spirit of fear. I break the agreement with the spirit of unforgiveness. I break the agreement with perversity. I break the, right? So we just start breaking the agreements. Like, I'm not coming out of agreement. I'm going to agree with the word of God. I'm going to agree with what God says. I'm not agreeing with the enemy anymore. Amen. Number five is to renounce it. Renounce it means it's no longer a part of my life. As no no i 'm no longer identified as the the victim of the circumstance that I walk through it 's kind of like the story of blind Bartimaeus where he he threw off his jacket that that actually designated him as a beggar and he went forward because he knew he was going to get transformed by the power of God and get healed in his sight where he can actually see and when he was able to see he was no longer a beggar but he was a man of sight a man of vision a man destined for victory amen so so we we 've got to Disassociate, and if you will, and renounce the things that we that that we're believe in God for breakthrough For Does that make sense? Yeah. And then lastly is that we receive. We receive victory. And oftentimes I think this is where we get a little bit of a hang up because we'll do an altar call. We'll come, people will come forward and then people will be waiting, uh, you know, for someone to pray. And they're like, well, I'm going to do this. or I'm not going to do that. D- don't make any predetermined what you are or you're not going to do. Make a determination. Jesus, you are my deliverer. I am here to be set free tonight in Jesus' name. Now, if you would like to be set free tonight, you're like, man, I just know that there are certain areas. I want to get free. Would you just give Jesus a big shout? Yeah. Awesome. Would you would you stand to your feet? I want to. I, I believe there's three areas that that God's asked us to do: a prayer to renounce and to to break free from. And the first area that we want to that we want to cover. So this is how it's going to work. I'm going to go over three areas with you. We're going to go through a corporate prayer together. We're going to renounce it. And this is what I'm believing. This is what I know. This is what I saw. I saw even today as I was praying and preparing. I I, I heard the voice of God say that there is a hard of freedom. And if we would just put forth the the, this, the tool, if we would just put forth and just gather the harvest. And so that is for you. You have a harvest of freedom tonight. And this is what we are believing God for. So even while you're in your seat and you're saying these prayers, I believe that the spirit of God is here and he is moving on the inside of you, that he's, he's bringing freedom on the inside of you already, even at, through the sound of my voice, that there's illuminations that have come to you. I believe that there's a release of miracles that have coming to you right now. There are people who are struggling with illnesses and sickness. I see sickness leaving your body right now. I see demonic oppressions that are leaving your body right now. I see spirits of fear and intimidation that are leaving your bodies right now in the name of Jesus. I see clarity coming over your minds. I see a release of joy coming over your minds right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the power of your presence that is here to heal, to restore, to renew your people, oh God. We thank you for freedom in the name of Jesus. We bind the works of the enemy and we do command that the enemy must come out and the enemy must flee in the mighty name of Jesus. We, do, we send the enemy running right now in the name of Jesus and we command you, devil, to leave, leave, leave our families, leave our lives right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we bind every devil that would try to hinder right now the work of God. And we declare freedom will reign in those who say, I want to be free. I declare you who say, I want to be free, that you shall indeed be free. You shall be set free. You shall be healed and you shall be restored in Jesus name. Now, the first area that I want to cover is unforgiveness and resentment. That's a big one. Oftentimes we don't even know that it's there. Sometimes we just say, "Oh yeah, no, I forgave them," right? But but the the fruit of resentment tells you that the unforgiveness is still there. Does that make sense? Because it's like, "Oh no, well I forgave so and so, but the resentment's still there." So how many of you know just by even a show of hands to say, "Yeah, I can, I I know that I have some resentment," like, and I now acknowledge that there's some, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, come on. I mean, I, I literally just walked through this a couple days ago. <laughs> so it, um, we're all in the same, we're, we're, we're all a work in progress. So let, let's pray together, shall we? Father, I come to you right now. Sorry, what do you repeat after me? Father. <laughs> You're all like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. <laughs> repeat after me. Father, I come to you right now. And I confess the unforgiveness and resentment unforgiveness. i've held on to I and i choose to let it go and i release it to you now i forgive those who for, who have hurt me and just release those names real quick all of the people that have uh, that just real quick those that have just come to mind father we forgive them right now we release those that have hurt us right now in the name of jesus I declare the blood of Jesus over my life and the finished work of the cross. Jesus, come. Heal my heart that I may be transformed. Jesus, you are my deliverer. Set me free now. I command the spirit of unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness to go from me now. I break my agreement with you and I command you to go. In Jesus' name, I boldly declare that I am free. If you believe that, give them a shout. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.